Anyway. Uh, on that note. <laughs> on that note. Uh, hello and welcome to the Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe. The show that is terrified but coping. I am Max. And I am JR. Uh, how's it going? Uh, it's okay. I'm mostly awake. Yeah. Yeah, I'm more awake than my wife, but that's, she had a sleepover in our daughter's room, um, and she never sleeps well when that happens. Like, Moira gets up in the morning and then Casey's just like, okay, I'm going to go into my own bed and sleep for a while. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, oh, I, uh, I don't know. It, New Kitten, which is just... Tiny Sharp. It's a lot. Yeah. Tiny, yeah. tiny Sharp. And, like, snagging on everything. And how like, do my feet work? Yeah, My right. whole head. Have you noticed my head? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Giant ass ears, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Wah. Like... And, you know... I was not really in a hurry to get another cat after our other one died. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, we did it because we took Moira out of school again because Missouri. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's just sad and lonely. <laughs> so we're like, get her a fucking kitten. <laughs> and, <coughs> you know. My my sister-in-law came over this morning, and she's like, do you love the kitten? And it's like, it's a kitten. Like, It's impossible not to love. Yeah. But like, I resent the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, like, are you trying to ask me if I'm a sociopath? <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that it? Right. Um, <clears throat> I didn't know you had suspicions. You'll never find the bodies. I mean, I get, I get it. Like, <laughs> there's there's days where I seem rather emotionless and cold. But that makes up for the other days where you're <laughs> full of verve. Yeah, that's how I would describe <laughs> me. Just bursting with life. Uh, anyway. News. Uh... Runaways is canceled. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Again. Which Feel is really like, bad. <laughs> which is like, I should read that. You know, the next time, the next time they try this, I should just sign up for it and just pay in advance for like twenty-four issues. Mm. I don't know how to do that. There's no way. But uh, I mean, well, you'll probably get half of it back. Yeah, right. But yeah, it's going to be canceled with issue 100. Um, Jesus. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It really sucks, because I've always liked Runaways. Um, You know. But, yeah. What are you going to do? The first one, the first run was really good. The second one... I don't remember as well. Um, but and, and then Civil War happened and fucked all sorts of shit up. Um, 
Right. But I remember... Yeah. I liked that book. <laughs> yeah. I never... Did I finish the series? The TV show? I don't know. Maybe. I know they made... Did they make a third season? I forget. I'm really behind on a lot of things. I'm, yeah. I'm doing my best. There's so much content. Too much content. Um, and especially, you know, when it comes to when it comes to Marvel shows, you know, the question becomes is it canon? And as such, do I do I need to watch it? And like sure. If it's not and I don't, <coughs> then I want to watch it, but it becomes a I'll fit it in when I have time. Yeah. You know? So. So, yeah. Uh, pour out another one for Runaways. Um, I'm sure this won't be the last time we have this conversation because it just, it just can't seem to keep going. Um, yeah. And then NFTs. Because... Because I can't have anything nice. Marvel is doing Spider-Man and NFTs, and... Stop making them. Stop. Yeah. They're, they're pointless, and they're stupid, and they're destructive, and it's... And, like, the market's already dropped out. Like... Yeah. The, this is this is Marvel getting on to disco right as it's ending. This is Marvel yeah. getting on to the trucker thing, like, as nobody gives a shit anymore. It's, you know, and this is going to wind up just like that. They're going to they're gonna do this, and then it's going to be like, oh, nobody cares anymore. Okay, yeah. All right, well. And if you're, if you're not sure what an NFT is... It is, it stands for non-fungible token, uh, which is the least stupid thing about it. And uh, basically, it's art via the blockchain. And the best way I've heard it described is if you go into a museum, if you went into the Louvre and you said, I want to buy the Mona Lisa, and they said, sure thing. And then they were like, okay, it's going to cost you $30 million and we're going to burn down a huge section of rainforest. And you were like, well, that seems unnecessary, but okay. And then the, you do all of that and they're like, cool. <laughs> and you're like, so may I have my painting? And they're like, oh, you don't own the painting. And it's stupid to think that you would have come around back. And they take you to a storage room behind the Mona Lisa where there's a plaque that says owned by this dipshit. <sighs> and they give you they give you a piece of picture, a piece of paper onto which they've printed an image of the Mona Lisa. And there you go. Now, don't get me wrong. The fine art market is also a giant scam. So it's not it's not restricted just to NFTs, but. Also, the like the NFT market is a giant scam wherein they also burn down a large section of rainforest. That's yeah, that's the thing that uh, is like if you want to be an idiot and an asshole, 
and spend twenty million dollars on a sketch that may or may not have been done by Leonardo da Vinci, go for it. I don't I don't care, man. Whatever. You're you're not hurting anybody but yourself. Uh, I I don't I don't care. Um, but like this, the NFT thing is stupid because of the, I can't, I mean, think of it also, not only the environmental impact, which is, uh, huge, but also I can't buy a goddamn video card to save my life right now. Yeah. Like just let me, and the chipsets for those video cards are all gone because of this this and the cryptocurrencies are annoying as fuck um and just creating all kinds of stupid um and nobody understands it anyway so and it's all a huge grift uh again iron spike on twitter she does some real great threads on why crypto is stupid and why the nfts are even dumber and she will link you to uh various threads about how because at the beginning there was like a lot of the grift was also well this is great for the artist and it's like no it's not and she's got she's got great links to threads about why that's bullshit too um so yeah basically if i want to know if i want to know if something's a scam i go wait until spike starts talking about it and then i find out and most of the time it's a scam (laughs) well and and plus like look if you are a crypto bro and you want to email me uh about why i'm wrong and about why no, actually, there's more environmentally friendly. I don't... First of all, save your time. I don't give a shit. Second of all, if you're in that big a hurry to let everyone know that you are to be shunned, <laughs> send me 20 bucks. I will send you a t-shirt with, an, with a QR code on it that people can scan... And it will tell them that you are an asshole who should be shunned. Um, it It's easier than <laughs> trapping them at a party and talking to them about Dogecoin. Uh, it's quicker. And uh, it's really a community service. Yeah. It's a net positive. Yeah. You're actually, um, then I'll finally have a modicum of respect for you. That you, I mean, that you decided to remove yourself from the rest of society <laughs> because you are too toxic. That's first of all, you're walking around with a shirt that says that has a QR code on it. Automatically, that's just like, ew. Oh, um, don't need that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, don't, don't if you. If you are if you are a company that is thinking about doing NFTs, let me just save you the time. Don't. Yeah. Just don't. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, if you look, 
if you want if you want there's a lot of there's a lot of environmental conversations to be had about you know i i took a comic and i printed it on a dead tree but like even that even that is better go buy a spider-man trade paperback Mm -hmm. you have you it's cheaper you own just as much of the actual art as you otherwise would Mm -hmm. and it's less environmentally shitty Mm -hmm. anyway moving on comics shot this week yeah uh so we have avengers number 183 which has a cover by George Perez and Terry Austin, written by David Michelinie. Basically, everything is written by D- David Michelinie to some degree this week. Yep. Penciled by John Byrne, inked by Klaus Janssen, colored by Bob Sharon, lettered by Jim Novak, edited by Roger Stern and Jim Salacra. The beginning of this issue is some standard Avengers stuff. We have the new team members coming in. Um, Falcon is angry about his tokenization. Um, and like, there's, there's things about it that I get where he's coming from. And then other things that I'm just like, man, like, and no, you know, like later in the, later in the reading, he's complaining because nobody asked his opinion. And it's like, well, nobody asked anybody else's opinion. They just volunteered it. Like, speak up, man. Well, but also, Cap is kind of a shitty friend. He he is being kind of shitty, and it it is true. Because, Um, you know, during the earlier portions of this conversation back and forth, uh, Cap's advice, while... Falcon has pretty decent concerns about it. Like maybe he's mm-hmm. be- maybe maybe he's being a little petulant, but the concerns are valid. And <clears throat> Cap's advice essentially is, "Come on, bud, buck up." And it's like that's that's all you got for him. First of all, that's condescending as shit. Second of all, like no, he's got valid concerns. You can walk right. with him on that, right? Like, mm-hmm. hang out in that space with him for a minute and try to find another version of how we're, you can make this okay together, right? Like, not, right. you know, make this is... It, it felt really condescending the whole time. It did. Yeah. And, you know, my my talking about what Falcon does later, that's the only time in all of this that I'm like, mm, come on, man. Yeah, um, no, no, no. I, I The rest of the time, I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. And yeah. what, watching him with Gyrick is, I, it's just like, fuck yeah, man, go for it. Um, but, yeah, no, I, he definitely has valid concerns and you know when the when the express purpose of his being on the team is we've got to have a black guy yeah i i get it yeah when Um, that part said out loud like when that is explicit not implicit or not implied then 
Yeah, you get to be a little pissed. Because yeah. it's like, no, I I do good work. I'm not here just to fill a fucking spot, right? Like, yeah. I could leave and go do yeah. my own thing and kick ass at it. So I don't know why, I, you know, he feels babied and that's completely reasonable. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's not handled very gracefully at all. Yeah. Um, his concerns are valid, and I think they're great. So, uh, Meanwhile, in a landfill, the last time we saw the absorbing man, he turned to glass and was shattered. Uh, he has now managed to pull himself together in a landfill. Uh, Crusher takes a young woman hostage named Sandy and tries to hop a freighter to South America. While waiting for the boat, he gets into an altercation uh, where, as that happens, Hawkeye is seeing Wanda and Pietro off at the docks. He pops into a bar down there, sees Crusher get into this altercation, calls the Avengers, then goes out to fight him himself. The Avengers show up, and uh, they are stymied when Creel absorbs the turbine engines of the ship. Um, this is this is new-ish, which is to say, generally speaking, um, Crusher is only has only ever been shown to be able to absorb the physical properties of the thing that he's touching in these issues. He's shown to be able to absorb the abilities and powers of the things he touches as well, because he does it with vision. He does it with beast, so on and so forth. Right. So, um, so then in one eighty four, which has a cover by George Perez, Terry Austin and Irving Watanabe, and is inked by diverse hands and lettered by, uh, Diane Albers and Gaspar Saladino. Uh, the Avengers attempt to deal with Creel as he makes repeated attempts to grab Sandy and make his ship. Um, they are able they are able to slow him down enough that he winds up missing the ship. So he dives into the water to try and catch it. Uh, but he realizes he's not going to be able to. <coughs> and faced with either going back to jail uh or just giving up he gives up and dissipates yeah. into the water um the avengers are confused by the whole thing and sandy's like you know he wasn't that bad like he didn't hurt me he was just trying to get the fuck out of here and you kind of see the be- the seeds of what like saladin ahmed would do later um mm-hmm. in black bolt and stuff like that. And, you know, Crusher's Crusher's a career loser um, who just kind of gets trapped in this cycle of break out, fight, fight an Avenger, go back to jail. Um, and when it when it when stuff like this or Black Bolt happens, you feel for him. Yeah, because. He's not someone who's trying to rule the world. He's just 
he's just a rude galoot, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and the fact that he creates his own problems half the time, right? Like, yeah. I, I get that. Because if he weren't an asshole, too, because he is, like, let's not... And even in the Black Bolt run, he's an ass, but he's kind of an honorable asshole. It's difficult to describe. But uh, he... Because if he wouldn't have started shit in the diner, none of this would happen and he'd be in South America doing whatever he wanted to do. Which I guess was take over a banana republic. But okay, set your goals a little high. (laughs) Absorbing man. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, you could, but your thing is not that. Um... He, but if he wouldn't have done that, he could have just left, uh, Joanne, is that her name? Sandy. Sandy. And he could have just left Sandy alone and she would have been like, you know, break it, break the phone, take the money, leave, take the clothes, take the money and leave. And you're, you're missed. You're gone in the seventies, right? Like, because nobody's tracking you. You're Mm -hmm. out. Um, go to the boat and you're gone. Um, and and in the seventies, you could do that. Uh Like, like it's, it's completely dumbfounding now, but like, yeah, you could just straight up disappear. Yeah. And even in New York where they have a lot of, you know, they have a fair in the seventies, a fair amount of police presence and radios nobody has a picture of you right she you have a very distinctive you're gigantic and have a pointy head um so like they're going to if you're seen but you can you can just vanish yeah but nope okay yeah i mean you know it's it's the kind of thing that like you know, there was a there was a time where you could move one town over and completely disappear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All um, kinds of stories about having different families. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, um, Avengers number one eighty five is written by Mark Grunewald, Stephen Grand, and David Michelini, inked by Dan Green, colored by Roger Slifer, and lettered by John Costanza. Uh, Wanda and Pietro arrive with Django Max, or, yeah, no, with Django at the base of Wondagore, where Wanda is approached and betrayed by Madrid the Mystic. Uh, the next morning, while looking for her, Pietro is injured and wakes in a cabin being tended by Bova, who claims to have, quote, brought him into the world, unquote. Um, we're getting into, there is a, there is a lot that goes into this and we're not even, we're not even introducing the Magneto aspects of things yet. Um, because over the course of this week, we're going to find out who at least one of their parents actually is, why this Django guy is like certain that he is their father why 
Wanda's powers are the way they are. Um, and so on and so forth. And so, you know, I'm actually, while it's, while it's frustrating because I know we're going to get into more of, um, into more of with, you know, retconning who is it, who is what and who I'm kind of glad we're not getting more of that right now. Uh, just there's because kind of, there's kind of enough going on. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing it's... that's a little enough going on is and to the to its de- there's too much going on to the detriment of the thing that I actually kind of am interested in. There's a part near the beginning of the book where or the issue where um Jocasta and Simon maybe? No, Miss Marvel are having a talk about costuming and uh tony barges in and starts flirting with carol and uh jacosta is like well i'm gone because she doesn't know how to do small talk and uh or group conversation and uh Mm -hmm. she goes to find vision who's like and be like wants to discuss humanity Hey, just drop by to have a conversation about what it means to be a person. Um, oh God. Uh, but Vision's totally gone. Um, fretting over Wanda and their journey. And, uh, he says something flippant about him. He can't be worried because he's just a machine. And... Jocasta, which kind of answers a bunch of things for Jocasta unintentionally and incorrectly, um, which is a neat bit of like earnest miscommunication, mm-hmm. and I, I liked that that moment. So I wanted to make sure it got in there. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, Fuck Mordred. Well, I have some stuff to say about him once we get to the conclusion of his part of things in all of this. But first, we've got a bunch of Iron Man. So, you know, whatever. Uh, Iron Man, number 117, (coughs) has a cover by John Romita Jr. and Bob McCloud, written by David Michelinie and Bob Layton, penciled by John Romita Jr., inked by Bob Layton, colored by Ben Sean, lettered by John Costanza, and edited by Roger Stern. I I love John Romita Jr.'s art in mm-hmm. all of this. Um, I've I've liked John Romita Jr. for a really long time, but uh, just in general, uh, it I'm a big fan of his art here. Um, the Tony Stark LMD gets sniped in the head by Spymaster, leading Tony to put himself out in the open to draw him out. In doing so, he meets a woman who is seemingly just a socialite by the name of Bethany Cabe. Uh, Iron Man battles Spymaster at the Stark campus and defeats him. Uh, however, Spymaster is A, equipped with a bunch of weaponry that Tony Stark developed for S.H.I.E.L.D., 
and B, was in the process of trying to attempt to steal information on Stark International stockholders. Um, which sets us off on this magical mystery tour of Tony's shitty life. <laughs> um, the the uh, fight's the, pretty good. Yeah, it is. Um, they wreck a lot of shit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Spymaster... Spymaster is constantly changing tactics and they all work for like a minute until they don't anymore. And eventually he's taken out by, um, by Iron Man. But it is, um, we also are introduced to the concept of the country of Carnelia because Tony is invited to a, party by the Carnelli and ambassador and that's going to be a thing here soon ah, so yes uh so iron man number 118 uh has a cover by bob layton and is penciled by john byrne colored by glennis ween and lettered by irving watanabe this is a big one because it's the first appearance of a couple of characters uh one being of course james rhodes and the other being Mrs. Arbogast, who becomes a uh, a supporting character in the Iron Man title for a long time. Um, so, fearing that something is amiss in S.H.I.E.L.D., Tony uh, goes to the S.H.I.E.L.D. NATO summit aboard the helicarrier, which brings him into the crosshairs of the group that hired Spymaster. Uh, the, the security team aboard the helicarrier releases a gas that knocks everybody out. And Tony winds up being dropped out of the helicarrier a few thousand feet on the way down. He's able to switch to Iron Man and reboards, but is stopped by the leader of this splinter group who threatens to kill Fury if Iron Man doesn't turn his repulsors on himself. So. We, in the, in the offing here, we are introduced to this group that is seemingly a splinter group. We'll receive some clarity in the next issue regarding that, but right now it's just, no, these, Nick Fury is wholly unaware of what these people are doing. Um, so Iron Man number 119 has a cover by John Romita Jr. and Bob Layton, and is penciled by John Romita Jr. and Bob Layton, colored by Carl Gafford, lettered by Diana Albers. Um, the leader of this group, Buck Richland, uh, Iron Man manages to deal with him by setting off a little bit of an EMP, which causes a projector near him to explode which distracts him long enough for iron man to deal with him uh but then the helicarrier comes under fire because it has drifted while everyone was knocked out into russian airspace iron man deals with the jets and prevents the helicarrier from slamming into a mountain uh having done so he is dropped off in paris uh, where he takes the information that he was able to steal away and download uh, and decrypts it uh, to discover that while the men who attacked him were not under acting under direct orders to openly 
attack Tony Stark. S.H.I.E.L.D. was actually attempting a takeover of Stark International. Tony contacts Nick Fury and he's like, I'm sorry. And Tony's like, we've been, we've known each other a long time. We're friends. How could you fucking do this to me? And Nick Fury tells him, well, friendship doesn't mean anything in the face of world security. Yeah. Um, And it's far more important that Stark International be making weapons for shield than that we continue being friends the problem with this is that like all the good shit (laughs) like 90 percent of the good shit comes from stark like from stark himself yeah um so it's weird that fury's like well you know we'd have kept you on as a figurehead and it's like what is the point of buy- leveraging a buyout of Stark International just to get rid of Stark? Like, yeah. if you don't, get yeah, the- you keep him on. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. I guess right now we're pretending that the other people in Stark International contribute as much as Tony Stark himself does, which you know, maybe. I, <laughs> I here's the thing. I recognize that in the real world, that would have to be true. Yes. That would have to be. Yeah. Because no CEO is able to contribute as much as Tony Stark does. Um, By the same token, the point, the whole thing is that's true here. This is the case for Tony Stark. Tony Stark is Stark International. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, this whole thing of, well, we'd keep you on as a figurehead. Like, come on, man. (sighs) Whatever. Okay, brilliant spy master. Uh, Iron Man number 120 has a cover by Bob Layton and is penciled by John Romita Jr., colored by Ben Sean and lettered by John Costanza. Uh, leaving Paris, Tony is on a flight to the U.S. that's hit by a flying tank and brought down in the ocean. Cut comics. <laughs> you know, that thing that happens all the time to international yeah. flights, that they're hit by a tank somebody <laughs> threw? Um, Tony is able to save the plane from slamming into the water uh, and keep the passengers safe despite the fact that he had way too many martinis um at which point they are found by what appears to be the navy who are having problems with namor and some random hillbilly while trying to dispose of toxic waste uh as iron man fights namor uh jim rhodes and bethany <coughs> come to try and save him um a man named Justin Hammer uh, takes control of Tony's armor uh, for the second or third time that we know of. Because once was on the helicarrier when his chest uh, just went off. Yeah, Unibeam came on while he was lurking. Um, but uh, Justin Hammer causes the seals on his mask to open while he's underwater causing him to potentially drown. 
So, um, that brings us to Iron Man number 121, which is written by David Michelinie and colored by Carl Gafford. Uh, Iron Man is saved by Namor and finds out that the quote-unquote Navy are actually mercenaries hired by Roxxon to get at a deposit of vibranium uh, under the island. The, um, The guy who's been living there tells him that their cover story about how they had arrived to uh, dispose of some toxic waste and since their last visit this guy had set up a homestead but he's like no I've been living here 20 years and nobody's come to this island in that time since this morning or before this morning Um, Bethany and Jim Rhodes are taken by rocks on uh, Rhodes is shot in the arm in the process and Iron Man and Namor attack and rout the rocks on forces. But the, uh, the guy heading all of this up says, if I can't have that vi- vibranium, no one can. And he detonates some explosives causing the entire Island to blow. Uh, standard corporate bullshit. <laughs> Um, yeah, <clears throat> Roxxon being super evil is real fun. It is. Um, yeah, I can't. And, you know, and then later their their CEO is an actual fucking demon. Yeah, that's fun. Comics yeah. are stupid, and I love it. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's. I mean, you know, we talked about this you, last week, didn't we? Didn't we? <laughs> I. You know, it's. Like, yeah, it's it's an art form, but also, like, there's some stupid, stupid shit. And that's that's fine. The two can coexist. Yes. And I'm here there's for a it. Lot of, there's a lot of dumb movies. It doesn't mean <laughs> movies aren't art. Yeah. Like, you know. Fuck, man. Uh, so, Iron Man number 122 has a cover by Dave Cockrum and Bob Layton. Penciled by Carmine Infantino, colored by Ben Sean. Uh, as Iron Man flies back to the U.S., we get a retelling of Iron Man's origin. Yep. I mean, that's it's not it's not an out and out reprint because they do new art and blah blah blah. But I mean, it's it's Iron Man's origin. You know it. <laughs> yep. We we all know it at this point. It's it's um, an Asian warlord instead of instead of tourists, but uh, it's you know, Yinsen heart suit of armor. Um, yeah, I I always kind of consi- have considered it a little bit of a missed opportunity to make. Iron Man, sort of this this golem, um, who, you know, he was a millionaire playboy, and now he can't even go out into public because he's locked into this suit of armor. But you know, by the same token, it's Iron Man. Like I knew what I was going getting into. I just, you know, the the part of this where he puts on the coat and the fedora over the armor 
that's the kind of thing I would love to see is a version of Iron Man where it's not just he has to walk around in this iron lung chest piece. Yeah. Almost. Uh, but where he has to stay in the armor at all times, I would dig the shit out of that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, here, here's how Stan Lee got it wrong by J.R. Sweeney. <laughs> um, Iron Man number 123 has a cover by Bob Layton and is written by David Michelinie and Bob Layton. Penciled by John Romita Jr., colored by Bob Sharon, and lettered by Irving Watanabe. As Iron Man flies over Manhattan, one of his boot jets gives out because of Justin Hammer, uh, causing him to careen through the Marvel offices. He checks his armor, but uh, turns up nothing wrong with it. So he's like, fuck it, and takes Bethany to Atlantic City. Uh, but the casino is attacked by Blizzard, Melter, and Whiplash. And we wind up with Blizzard and Melter combining their powers against Iron Man. And Whiplash is just like, yeah, as soon as I, as soon as they turn up the heat and the cold, I'm going to crack him open with my whip. Uh, will that happen? Gee, I don't know. Um... Also, we've got a reoccurring character, old lady, that Tony Stark inconveniences. And apparently, so I was reading something, apparently this lady is named Ursula Bliss. And she turns out to be a sister of Mrs. Arbogast. Oh. Which, okay, like I didn't. I didn't need that. Like, no. I'm I'm okay with her just being the my cabbages guy from Avatar: The Last Airbender, where it's just like she's just trying to live her life, and I and Tony Stark fucking ruins something for her. Not even like a big deal, but just like she's mildly inconvenienced for a moment, and she's just like young people. Yeah. I don't I don't need there to be some deeper connection here. Nope. This isn't a Spider-Man movie. Not everybody needs to be related to Peter somehow. Um anyway. Uh he manages to defeat them. Right. Well, like, by we're th- we're left on a cl- cliffhanger oh. this issue. Um he takes then... down he does take down Melter and No, he doesn't. Nope, that's the next issue. Sure. You're getting ahead of me, man. We're screaming through the reading this week, which is actually something I wanted to point out, is this is the first time in a while that I have done all of the reading in one sitting. Really? I took I took breaks, right? But, like, I got it all done. Um, and that's not usually happened, or that hasn't happened in a while. And it definitely well, hasn't happened with Iron Man in a while. And I think we're starting to get into a time where maybe that'll be a little easier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's still it's still denser than a modern comic is, but sure. it's not as dense as, you know, the 60s. Right. So, uh, Iron Man number 124 has a cover by John Romita Jr. 
uh, and Bob Layton, and is written by David Michelinie, inked by Bob Layton, Bob McLeod, and Bob Wachak. Lots of Bobs. Uh, lots of Bobs. And uh, lettered by Bob No. Jim Novak. Um, Iron Man and Bethany take out the three villains. Um, Iron Man takes out Blizzard and Melter. And then as Whiplash is fleeing, Bethany takes him down. Uh, and Bethany berates Iron Man for leaving Tony behind. <laughs> Tony's in there. He's just like, he's safe. Get off my fucking back. Um, during all of this, Iron Man is drinking more and more. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, so he goes to an appearance that day with the Carnelian ambassador, Sergei Kotsnin. Uh, as they are standing there for a photo op, um, Iron Man has his hand on Kotsnin's back uh, when Hammer activates the device controlling Iron Man's army, armor, <laughs> uh, which causes the repulsor to go off, blasting Kotsnin through the chest and killing him. So, holy shit, you guys. Uh, it's real well presented. Yeah. Like... It is a very much a, oh shit, moment. And yeah. I, you know, I actually gasped because it was just like, they they did it. Like, it was the kind of thing where, I think I knew this was coming because I vaguely remember this. But then at the same time, it was like, ha, ah, damn. Yeah. Okay. Well, and the, you know, the whole thing is like. The Carnelians are opening up to the to Americans for the first time. Like the ambassador is um, leading the way on opening a division of Stark International within Carnelia, and everybody's just like, "We got to get this right," and because a, this yeah, could be a big deal. Andy's a huge um, Iron Man fan and wants to get his knows all sorts of stuff and wants to get an autograph and he's generally like that dopey kind of adorable um yeah. just a little fanning out and uh then he just <laughs> his chest exploded um right it's it's bad whoa yeah yeah so too bad for that man yeah uh, but anyway <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 an interesting twist and uh you know, I've read I'd read this stuff a long time ago because, you know, demon on a, demon in a bottle is such a big deal. Mhm. Mm um and so I'd read this stuff forever ago and I was just kind of like, yeah, okay. He's an alcoholic. Cool. Uh, I'm enjoying it more now because I think I'm more invested in the character than I think I was at that time. Like, I don't think Demon in a Bottle should be somebody's first, like, if you are, if you are trying to be like, well, so I liked Iron Man from the movies. What's an Iron Man story I should read? Don't start with Demon in a Bottle. Um, <coughs> no, it's not that it's not good. It's just, it's the kind of thing you're probably, 
if you're like me, you're probably not going to give a shit if this is the first you're exposed to the character, you know? Yeah. Um, but having said that, I mean, I, having read it a long time ago, I had forgotten that, Je- that Rhodes first appears during this time and the, you know, so on and so forth. So I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Iron Man number 125 has a cover by Bob Layton and is written by David Michelinie and Bob Layton, inked by Bob Layton, colored by Ben, ben Sean, nearly said Bon, uh, lettered by Joe Rosen. Uh, you know, that guy, Bon Sean. Bon Sean. Um, Iron Man is able to calm the police by saying, no, I that wasn't, I did not decide to do that. Uh, and he agrees to promise to turn over his armor. Uh, an, an hour later, he does so at the mayor's office, though he removes the control circuits first, which, yeah. good call. Yeah. Um, Tony then has, Tony then has a, uh, a normal Thursday for Tony during this period, which is he has a fight with Bethany and then has a drink or seven. Uh, and asks Scott Lang to find out what he can about Hammer. Uh, so Lang pays visit pays a visit to Whiplash as Ant-Man and returns to Tony with some answers. So uh, Tony and Jim Rhodes pay a visit to Monaco to try and find Hammer, uh, but wind up surrounded by costumed mercenaries. So, yeah. Um... We then leave this off until next week when we'll wrap up uh, the Demon in a Bottle, uh, the specific, like, you know, yeah, capital D, Demon in a capital B bottle, yeah. um, you know, but things are uh, not going well for Tony right now with S.H.I.E.L.D. trying to buy him out and um bethany up his ass about fucking everything the thing about it is i thought when we did the roxon story that we were setting up bethany realizing that tony stark is iron man yeah because he says he tells he tells jim you know you and Beth get somewhere safe. And she and says, she's like, Beth? <laughs> like, yeah. But then the rest of this week is just her shitting on Iron Man for being a terrible bodyguard. And uh, I did forget to mention, so Bethany, when she first appears, is just random socialite woman. But in the course of the Roxanne stuff, we find out she's got military clearance. She's at the... Um, Carnelian ambassadors shindig both times, both when, both when he's out trying to, uh, draw out Spymaster and when the Carnelian ambassador is killed for work. So, you know, there's a lot more going on with her than, than meets the eye. All right. So that brings us to Avengers number 186, 
which has a cover by John Byrne and Terry Austin and is written by David Michelinie, Mark Grunewald, and Stephen Grant, penciled by John Byrne, inked by Dan Green, colored by Roger Slifer, lettered by Jim Novak, and edited by Ron Ster- Roger Stern and Jim Salicra. Um Bova reveals that Wando and Pietro were born of a woman named Magda, who fled and died in a storm rather than allow her husband to find out about the kids. The kids were to be given to Bob and Madeline Frank because they had come to Wondegore so that Madeline could give birth to their child, but the child was still born and Madeline died in childbirth, which left Bob despondent. So the high evolutionary took the kids and they were given to Django and his wife who had lost their own children, Anna and Mateo, which explains this whole Anna and Mateo thing with them, whatever. Uh, Wanda struggles against becoming a vessel for Madrid's master, but is ultimately defeated. Um, Pietro is able to make it to town to call in the Avengers, uh, but Gyrick is going is preventing them from going because we don't need an international incident. And oh, by the way, Quicksilver isn't even a member of the team right now, so fuck him. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, Cap does an end run around Gyrick uh, and calls the president to be like, hey. Can you get this guy off my back? At which point the president calls Gyrick and says, send him to Transia, you fucking asshole. Uh, so Wanda then attacks Pietro and Django, and she is possessed by the demon Cthon. Oh, yeah. Yay, Cthon is here. I learned everything I needed to know about Cthon during uh, watching Nerdist videos during um, WandaVision. Oh, yeah? Oh, they were convinced. Every... Oh, convinced. It was either Mephisto or Cthon. Because the Darkhold, right? Yeah. Or, and the Darkhold's there. It's gotta be Cthon. It's the it's, And it's like... It's, and I kept looking at him and being... I know this is months old conversation, but it was just fascinating to me how they... The need for the show to be something more, something more than it was when it was already doing some pretty serious lifting and and like, but subtle lifting, right? Really asking personal questions about this character that we really up until that show didn't get to know a lot about. And no, it needed to be a demon. And it's like, uh... It could just be her. <laughs> like, I don't know if you've read other comics where Wanda kind of loses her fucking shit. Like, um, yeah. and it being a demon, I almost thought that it being Agatha was kind of a bit of a cop out. But because um, if it was her, if it was just her, I thought that would have been I don't know how you get out of that. But like that would have also been fucked up. Well, Agatha, it being Agatha all along, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, makes sense because a whole lot of a whole lot of 
Wanda's history is her being kind of pushed in a certain direction by people who are preying on all of these aspects of her. So Uh that part of things made sense. Um, You know, I think the biggest letdown in WandaVision for me was the fact that we had to have the big knockdown drag out. Um, You know, it kind of flew in the face of what the show was like vision showing up the white vision showing up and the fight between the two of them. I liked because then the fight abruptly stops and they talk and it ends. Yeah. That made sense. Um, But yeah, the, the whole like big magical battle over the town, it was like, okay, like, there were some ni- there were some nice bits of it, but it was not what I thought the show needed. Yeah. Um. But whatever. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Cathan. Um. We got so we Avengers. Got, sorry. We got ourselves a demon. Let's do this. Woohoo! All right. Um. The Avengers number one eighty seven has a cover by John Byrne, Terry Austin, and Gaspar Saladino, and is colored by George Russo's. Uh, the Avengers arrive in Wondagore uh, to face Cathan, but this being comics, nobody can just fly anywhere without a fucking crash, so the ship goes down. Uh, everybody flees, Wonder Man takes it down, blah, blah, blah. Beast was going to, but Wonder Man slaps his rocket belt on him and kicks him out. Um, so we have Wonder Man, who's separated from things slightly, uh, Beast, who winds up elsewhere completely uh and then the avengers who um face down kathan and madrid and are immediately defeated yeah. uh, while that is going on <coughs> beast finds the remains of a knight of wondagore um and kathan proceeds to tell everybody his entire life story um it turns out that he's the he's the brother of Gaia, and when Gaia decided to um, imprint herself upon the planet, he decided to imprint himself upon a book and the Darkhold and blah, blah, blah. If you're interested, there's a wiki page. I'm not going to go through all of that. Um, what's interesting is he winds up imprisoned within Wondegore, and so he sort of starts affecting what he can. He becomes interested with the human sciences. And when Magda comes to um, have her children, Cathan seizes his opportunity. And so he is the reason that Wanda's powers are part mutant, part mystical. And why, as her powers start to wane, her coming back home to Wondagore reinvigorates them and blah 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 that's the part you need to know the rest is continuity shit but he is uh it's looking like he's going to win until beast shows up on the this atomic steed and pokes his lance through the dark hold uh, this allows Django the opportunity to use his marionette, which, so Wanda talks to him through it. 
he is then able to use the marionette to switch out Wanda and Cthon. So Wanda's now back in her own body and Cthon is now trapped in the marionette. They drop it off a cliff. And then uh, drop a mountain on it. <laughs> and then drop a mountain on it. I It reminds me of, because this week I was bored and while I was editing stuff, I uh, I was watching a little bit of old Aqua Teen Hunger Force uh, on HBO Max. And I was, one of my favorites was always uh, Dumber Dolls with Happy Time Harry and everything. And uh, it ends with the, with, because Happy Time Harry wants to die, uh, they take him up to this cliff and Shake's like, and now you will live forever. You will become a Highlander. And (laughs) Shake, that's a movie. And he's like, no, Frylock, that was a documentary. And the events happened in real time. And Happy Time Harry's like, hey, dumbass. You don't become a Highlander. You have to be born one. And Frylock's like, see, he saw the movie too. (laughs) And Shake's like, all I remember is there were cliffs and magic everywhere. And yeah. So he's like, dude, this is not how the, and he's like, oh yeah, you know so much. Let's see what your ass knows about flying and throws him (laughs) off. And that's all, like that's all I could think seeing this little marionette topple down a cliff. Uh, I anyway, I like this fight because between because Cathon is is owning it, right? Like yeah. he's kicking their ass, um, and is only minorly weakened when the uh, when the the. Darkhold is taken from him, and uh, Mordred gets his ass kicked, which is great, because fuck that guy. Um, which I guess he'd, uh... What did Cthon pre- promise Mordred? I don't think he did in it, did promise anything. He was just able to sway him into his service. Oh, okay. Because uh, I don't know that they ever actually say, like, I promised him Australia or anything. Yeah, like, right. you know, but... No one Australia. Uh, they got big spiders. Um, <laughs> everything there is trying to kill you. Don't take that. Take, <laughs> take Antarctica over Australia. Sorry, Australia, <laughs> but you have some sh- some beautiful but shitty wildlife. <laughs> beautiful beaches, I'm told. Um, uh, so, But Django dies. Django dies after he's transported um wanda's essence into the wanda marionette she finally gets somebody's attention which is pietro and he's like she's like switch us like do the thing and everyone just he's the one guy who knows how to do that is dead none of them have magical powers and they're like well how about friendship (laughs) <laughs> and it works. And that's yeah. like that's the dumbest part, but I don't care because it's cool. Uh, it's whatever. I mean, you know, uh, the dolls and there's like the the way that they the the way that it's presented about them switching back and forth is really neat. Um, I li- I liked this. So 
Yep. But at the end of this, so Django's dead and Madrid uh, is left with the mind of an infant. And Bova's just like, I'll take care of him because that's what I do. I'm Bova. And I, I have to ask... Was this a fetish for somebody at Marvel during this time? Turning grown men, powerful grown men into children? I mean, there's a whole lot during this time of, like, grown men being reduced to infancy. And it's just like, I know that that there's a fetish for people who like to wear diapers and be changed and be treated like a baby. But is there the other side of it? Like, the only things I've ever seen are, like, people who are just like, yeah, that's what he likes, so I do it for him. Is is that a thing for somebody? I mean, statistically, it has to be. Yeah. But, like, it's weird that somebody seemingly in a position of power at Marvel is just like, yes, more adult babies. And it's (laughs) just like, ew, dude. Because this and Wondar, and I swear there are others, and it's just like, stop, stop doing that. I don't want to imagine somebody having to change these grown-ass men. Yeah. Yep. Being weird. <laughs> um, but anyway, they they do, so they leave. Um, the atomic steed that Beast rides in this... Because he puts on the armor of the new man and rides the atomic steed. The atomic steed winds up being used later by the Black Knight. Oh. Um, and it shows up again and again. Hawkeye uses it some and blah, blah, blah. It's a whole thing. But this is where that came from. So, okay. So our last issue this week is Avengers number 188, which is written by Bill Mantlo. Uh, inked by Dan Green and Frank Springer, colored by Bob Sharon, and lettered by Gaspar Saladino. Um, the Avengers are on their way back home. They take Pietro to Adelan, where Crystal announces that she's pregnant, which gets Wanda thinking about kids. And if you know anything about Avengers, that's not good. Nope. Uh, <laughs> uh, they then leave uh, Adelan the next day after the celebration. And uh, on the way, like, Beast is reading the Darkhold and Wanda slaps it out of his hands. And she's just like, that book is full of traps. Like, all it takes is reading it and you will come under the sway of Cathan. And he's just like, all right, I'm just trying to expand my horizons. Fuck. Um, But they wind up, their course home brings them into Russian airspace. Um, so of course the Russians are just like, Hey, get the fuck out. Uh, but then it turns out that there's an emergency that supersedes the Avengers are violating our airspace. The Avengers have an argument about who, like, do we ignore what's going on? Uh, or do we intercede? And, you know, there's a lot of good points made. They're like, well, the Russians don't really like people just showing up. And, you know, Beast is like, 
Um, last I checked, we're not American Avengers. We we are ostensibly we save the world. The world includes Russia, like, and there. So, this was the point at which Sam is just like sitting there, going like, "Nobody's asking me," and it's like, "Well, nobody asked anybody else either. They fucking volunteered." But uh, anyway, so they decide to help. They arrive at the facility. What? Oh, that's the other thing. They're 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 going back and forth about what they should do, and finally, uh, and. Carol is also here and being like, I thought we were supposed to be uh, doing all this. And somebody's like, well, we'll have to call it in and, fi- and at least find out. Um, and she has removed some communication equipment out of the Quinjet. And so that when she, uh, yeah, I can't get through. Uh, better air on the safe side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's. I quite like this um, simply because it does it does sort of start to feel like, yeah, the, these are not a lot of their adventures wind up protecting America, <coughs> but you know, that's not they're not explicitly out to protect solely the United States. Yeah. Um, and I think it's well argued. Um, when they arrive, they land and the the Russians are like, oh shit, the Avengers, and point all their guns at them. And one of the generals comes over and is like, what the fuck are you doing? Okay, we here's our problem. And I just like the fact that they're like, we're not shooting the Avengers, idiots. This guy is, but he gets replaced real fucking quick. Yeah. Uh, so they go, in, they go into this facility and it's the elements of doom, um, which are... Living rocks. <laughs> I mean, there. Each of them is an elephant, an elephant element, um, and they're all just like we've got to bring the others on to, or we have to awaken the others. But what this means is taking people and putting them in a machine, and then the, he's just like, "I'm cobalt now," uh, and you're just like, "Sure, that's how that works." Um, my only exposure to the elements of doom prior to this was during thunderbolts when they were still when they were still maintaining the ruse about no no we're heroes and all of that mm-hmm. um that was my only exposure to the elements of doom and uh it turns out i wasn't missing out on much uh <laughs> they're fine but ultimately um Sam gets captured. Wasp is left behind when they go running back outside. And um, Sam is about to be converted. But uh, Wasp is able to escape through an air vent. They go back in. And in the process, Ms. Marvel rips out the laser cannon of a tank of this tank. And like Beast helps by carrying the power pack. She is able to use that to destabilize the reactor in the facility. Um, And they escape as it collapses. The Russians are like, okay, now stay here so we can sort this out. And they're like, ha, no, and jump in the Quinjet and leave. Uh, So, yeah. So. 
not a not a bad standalone issue as far as the elements of doom are concerned uh kind of a kind of a nothing villain it's a bit of a filler and that's fine uh they do a lot of that they do a lot of action stuff they do a lot of everybody's here for a reason stuff um yeah it's fine yeah yeah um most of the reason to read this is character shit you know that's Mm -hmm. really the main reason because the overall story is just it's it's there Mm -hmm. that's not bad you know you you need you need the big events which we've had and then you need the in-between stuff where people are just allowed to be people Mm -hmm. and This being monthly comics, that means you're going to have to have a villain for the issue, usually. Um, And that's what the elements of Doom are. Yep. Top five. Top five. The Watcher's Guide's Top Five. Top five. All right. Top five. Uh, number five, Darkhold on a stick. Because at the end of that issue where they defeat Cthon, uh, Beast is still in the armor, which is goofy enough, and, uh, he's got the Mega Lance or whatever it is with the, that he had speared the Darkhold, the hold with, and it's, the, the book is still on it. Um, as they, yeah. as they walk into the sunset. One thing I was going to ask about the, the, the transition between um, that issue and the next is where'd they get another Quinjet? I assume they got the other one working again. Okay. Um, number four, what else have the Avengers thrown away? It's scary to think about what, what the Avengers have probably thrown away on accident that is just... If I were their tinkerer or any other, you know, uh, villain like that, I would be combing the the landfills for Avenger detritus and probably finding things. Are you like... talking about Creel? Yeah. So the Avengers didn't throw him away. He shattered at that work site, and the work site threw then... him away. <laughs> As the worksite was cleaned up, his various bits wound up in the landfill. Okay. All right. Yeah, it was it was kind of weird because there was a whole thing at the beginning of the issue about the Avengers trash being picked up. <laughs> and then we, we moved from there to the landfill where it's being taken to, and then Creel reforms. But yeah, Creel, Creel wasn't in with like the Avengers Chinese takeout or anything like that. Or a cosmic anyway. cube. Um, <laughs> uh, number three is uh, Creel, you big galoot. Because um, he is hard. He's hard to root for. But he isn't out and out like trying. Like you said, he's not trying to rule the world or anything. He's just an asshole. And yeah. that keeps. That has been given too much power and keeps stepping on his own dick um Mm -hmm. and that's the part where it's the last part where it's just like if you just not be a jerk for 
10 fucking minutes, you can get through this. But he can't not be a jerk, so. Yeah. Uh, number... Dude has some serious antisocial tendencies, for sure. Yeah. Um, number two is Jocasta and Vision and what it means to be a person. Um, I think that's an interesting conversation that the two of them definitely should have on the page. It's just there's too much else going on right now for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what I think that conversation would or will look like, but I think that's a really cool angle, and I I hope they're given an opportunity to explore it. Yeah. Um, and then number one uh, is the execution of Costanin, just because it was the, the part of the week that made me go, holy balls yeah because not only like did they straight up have iron man murder a guy but it's brutal as hell um yeah he blows a hole in that dude's stomach yeah or chest uh and uh it is it's just like like yeah so yeah it's uh it's gruesome so that's me uh number five uh, Kathan gets a mountain dropped on him because I talked, I talked about the whole Aquatine hunger force thing, but the, the thing that kind of cracks me up about this is that you probably could have dug a hole like <laughs> you, you could have dug a big hole, tossed him in and covered it up. And that probably would have done the job. But no, they dropped him off a cliff and then dropped a mountain on him. And he's 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 in a little marionette. It just it's like I guess overkill is still kill, yeah. but fuck, man. Well, and is this one of those uh I'm about to get real nerd real real nerd on you. Is this one of those polymorph sort of things where you can change the big bad into like a chicken, but the chicken's got four hit points and if you killed the chicken he just turns back into a big bad is that something that happens i don't know so if it's Maybe. a marionette it's only got like one hit point to destroy it so now you've released Cathon. yeah i don't know man i don't know but uh whatever um number four is Ms. Ms. Marvel rips out some bits of the communications <laughs> console uh, just because it's like, oh, no, we can't reach Gyric. <laughs> uh, number three is um, Creel. Uh, number two is uh, Ant-Man or is Lang Ant-Manning it up mm-hmm. because, you know. Iron Man comes to him and he's just like, listen, I know you know some people. Could you maybe reach out and see what you can find out about this hammer guy? And Lang's like, I could do that. <laughs> or, and he just puts on the Ant-Man suit and like, you know, rides an ant into Rikers and talks to Whiplash. Uh, you know, that's that's creative problem solving. Uh, yep. Um, was that three or two? That was two, because three okay. was Creel. Yeah. Number one is Iron Man kills a guy. So. So, uh, that is it for us this week. Just, bleh, 
join us next week. We're going to be talking about the rest of this snippet of Iron Man. Uh, then we'll have some Thor and Defenders. So, uh, in the meantime, rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts because it gets us in front of more people. Email us at watchersguide@gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, both individually and at WatchersGuideMU, and visit our website at WatchersGuide.com where you can download episodes of the show and see all of the reading lists going back to the very first episode. Have a marvelous week. Bye.